Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel with your hosts, Doug and Jamie. We are back, and this is the movie podcast where we're talking sequels, and we do it in two parts. The first, an interview with an actor or someone involved that made the film worth watching, and the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong, and how it could have been better. Hope you enjoyed our last interview with Corinne Rodriguez Montoya. She was really cool. She had a great story about an interaction she had with Rennie Harlan. And of course, in the summer, we interviewed bad guy in the film, William Sadler. But before we dive into this sequel, I have to introduce you to my partner in the sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how you doing? I'm doing well, Doug. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. This is so cool. This is the first time that we are in the same room doing this. We have a little studio set up, so this should be a lot of fun, and this is a fun movie to talk about. It is, and uh, you know, I, I don't know how I feel like looking straight at you as we're doing this, but uh, it'll be a fun experience. It's good, it's good, it's good. So uh, yeah, Die Hard, as, just before we got started, we watched the trailer, and the trailer itself was pretty confusing, because in the beginning of the trailer, it says Christmas Eve, and then at the end of the trailer, it says in theaters July 4th. Yeah, I you know it's funny when I watched the movie, I maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I didn't even realize it took place during Christmas time. You know, because one of my first questions I I, I was thinking was, um, what what is the time from the first Die Hard to this one? Like, what's the time frame? Oh man, if it's the next year, that'd be terrible. But it seems like it could be. And and after watching the trailer, I'm thinking it might be because he's got a scar on his eye. He's got a cut in his eye, so he it might have been the year after. Oh yeah, that's true. And then he already like moved everything from New York. He's living with his wife in L.A. He's an established cop in L.A. already. But yeah, so this, again, so many movies that we're watching. And maybe it's just a lot of the bad ones have that intro when you see something happen in the trailer. This, it comes up right away. Right away. And I'm happy that they called it Die Hard 2 because even the trailer we just watched of it. If they would, this movie had been called Die Harder, what does that mean? Well, isn't one of the sequels called Die Harder? Because how many sequels are there? Well, no, this one's called Die Harder, like in some places. Oh, it is? But Yeah. No, but I think there's another, because there's, what, there's like five? There's a good day to Die Hard. There's Live Free and Die Hard. There's no Die Harder, though? No. This one's called Die Harder. Okay. You know, I, um, I kind of just look at the first three. Anything after the first three Die Hards, I don't pay attention to. Um, I, like, I love the first one. Obviously, one of my f- top movies. I do love the third one. Um... I didn't think I liked the second one as much, and then watching it again, I think it's up up there with all three of them. They're, the first three are great. Oh no, definitely. What do you, what does Die Hard mean? Do you want the guy to die hard? Um, you know, I didn't think, but you know what? Is there a worse way to go? If you, I mean, if you're gonna die hard, <laughs> yeah, that is I think true. that's a good way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we open up the movie right away, and McLean has his mother-in-law's car and it's getting towed because he parked there. So his wife's plane's not landing for like another 30, 40 minutes. Why is he parked right in front of the terminal? And, and not only that, um, I thought cops kind of stick up for each other. You know, like he, he was, you know, showing the other cop his badge saying, listen, you know, we work together, you know, we're, we're cops. And that guy was just a total dick to him. Like he was not even listening. He didn't care that he was a, had a badge. He just wanted to get his car towed. I mean, I, I there's a lot of that in this movie. There's like the cops really don't like Kind of don't like each other. Yeah, I think because the guy said he went to L.A. and he had a bad time one time. And he hates New York. So this guy that's in D.C. just just cares about himself. But yeah, and then he just has a tote. And I think it was like you can get it tomorrow night. You just have to pay 40 bucks. And Yeah. So yeah, so I can't believe you didn't know this is a Christmas movie. Because there's Christmas ornaments on every tree in the in the airport. 
Yeah, you know, I don't pay attention to fine details. <laughs> oh, he even says, he even says, come on, it's Christmas. <laughs> he even says that. I wrote that down. All right. We don't have to keep rubbing it in. I, 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 it is Christmas time. Now I know. Oh, and then he replies to him, then tell Santa to get you another car. <laughs> so, so the one thing that's really funny in this movie, there's a lot of times with, with his lines, McLean, and the situations that Bruce Wallace is in, is when he goes to talk to the lady to ask where the phones are, I don't know what it was. It was like a really low whisper. And it was like, hey, do you know where the phones are? Where's the phones are? <laughs> and, and this is a time when there's phone booths everywhere. I yeah. Mean, and, and especially in an airport, there's phones everywhere. I don't think he really had to ask. I mean, you turn a corner, you're going to see a phone. Yeah. So then he's on the phone with his wife. He gets a page. And this is, this is mentioned a lot of times in the movie. This movie came out in 1990. So they filmed it probably the year before. And they really wanted to do the whole... And that was in so many jokes in so many movies. It's the 90s, man. So in this one, she says, it's the 90s. Microwaves, faxes, air phones. And air phones that have incredible connection. I mean, I can't even use my cell phone in my upstairs to talk to someone downstairs in my house, in the same house. He, they're talking with a great connection from the phone to the air, for the airplane, which is amazing. And he's more mind-blown than a lot of movies when people come back from the past. He's, like, fascinated by that. He's <laughs> like, how is this happening? And then, so then right from there, he says, hey, well, you know what? When you get off the airplane, screw the kids. Let's get a hotel. And let's just, you know, let's just hang out. Just you and me. It's like, all right, I get it. But this could be your first Christmas with the kids. Well, second Christmas with the kids again. So obviously they're going something through something in the last movie. Well, which makes sense then it was probably a year later. So he hasn't, listen, he hasn't been that intimate with his wife in a long time. You know, they were having issues in the first movie. So, uh, you know, when he gets it when he can. He gets it. He gets it. <laughs> so then we get to the part with William Sadler, who we interviewed already. So was that scene necessary that we're about to talk about? Because I, I you know, he's an incredible actor, um, you know, um, and everything he does. But... The first scene we see of him, he's totally naked. Yeah, and then I sent you this photo the other day. It was of the, I was bored while working, and I was reading the script. And for some reason, that caught my eyes when I was just scrolling through. I'm like, I wonder if that was in the script. No, it says half naked, half naked striker doing tai chi. And I'm like, when did it go from half naked to full naked? Who made that decision? Well, I've I've never done tai chi before, but maybe uh, the movements in tai chi work better when you are we have no clothes on. <laughs> And I love when he's wa- he's watching the TV. They're talking about Esperanza, who I'll bring it up now. I have it later in my notes. But doesn't he look like Kevin Klein with a beard? Like he looks like Kevin Klein playing a guy named Esperanza. But no, I love when he turns the TV off and he turns and it's like a gun. Yeah, he's like firing at the TV. And 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 he doing this Tai Chi in a mirror also, like a full length yeah. mirror. Just weird. Like it's just weird. Well, I guess that shows that he's a crazy guy who was obviously known in the media because they the, the lady in the airport knows him but i understand the way the military is and the way people do everything synchronized watches but are they really that good at like walking out of the hotel rooms all at the same time it can't be that good and they look so suspicious i mean when, yes. they, and when they're walking in the airport i mean they look so suspicious no one bats an eye I mean, uh, this is Home Alone three all over again. Yeah, it really they were in all black. Why wouldn't they blend in and like look like like regular people? Yeah, like travelers for the holidays. Like where have a have a suitcase. No, the yeah. guy carries a present that McLean right away knew. But so let's let's go to the let's talk about the on the airplane the people that are on the airplane. How about that old lady? 
the old lady, first of all, she reminds me of the old lady from Airplane. Like, oh, yeah. You know, um, yeah, they had, yeah, the old lady. She has a stun gun. Which, but you know, I'm assuming you have to go through customs, or not like customs, you got to go through security, oh, you yeah. have to go through the metal detectors. How do you get that on there? I guess this was probably pre-9-11, so it was fine to bring a stun gun on the plane. I, I've never heard of able to bring anything on the plane, you know, even back then. So that's kind of weird. And when she says that she tried on her little dog and the poor thing limped for a week, I'm like, ah. Yeah, I, I don't think old ladies should be walking around with stunt guns. Yep, and they shouldn't drive. So so Sadler's in the air. And this is pretty cool because, like, uh, you know, William Sadler was getting – he was known at that time, obviously, because he just went against Seagal in uh, Hard to Kill. But just seeing, like, two big – and. Even though, like, people think back Bruce Willis, like, oh, man, he's such a badass. At this point, he really wasn't. Like, for the first Die Hard, it was like a they were taking a shot at him. Like, his biggest movie before that was Blind Date. Like, that's what he was na- known oh, for. Mo- moonlighting. He was on Moonlighting. Oh, Moonlighting, moonlighting. yeah. But then movie-wise, it yeah, was yeah. Blind Date. So then you have these two, like, kind of powerhouses yeah. bumping into each other, which is pretty cool. And that, he's like, that, yeah. that part, I thought that was great because just the looks they gave each other. Yeah. And even Bruce Willis, his... his his spidey senses went off as soon as he bumped into him. Like, something's not right. Yeah. He didn't know what it was. And Sadler looked like he was ready to kill someone. <laughs> like, he had that angry face when he was walking around. And Sadler just says, oh, no, I, I don't know. Uh, you have a face. I look, he said, I recognize you or something? What do you yeah. say? Oh, yes, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my favorite line of the whole entire movie is right here. Colonel Stewart, the lady from the news... Who I thought was maybe a lady from the first one, but she wasn't in the first one. No. She just looks familiar. But when she comes up to him and she's like, hey, oh, Colonel Stewart, Colonel Stewart, can I have a couple words? And Can I have some words? And he goes, yeah, you can have two. Fucking you. <laughs> Best line. And that's not in the script. It, yeah. So that was like Adlet. That's awesome. Or something. Or somebody on sets like, hey, why don't you tell this nice blonde lady to fuck off? Well, that shows you how good he is. I mean, yeah, and you know what? It fit perfectly. I mean, and you could tell she's that annoying newscaster that jumps everywhere, news reporter, that, you know, she's like worse than TMZ. Like she, she just, first of all, she's horrible at her job because no one wants to talk <laughs> to her. No one wants to talk to her. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. So I wrote here, McLean is obviously a superhero. Oh, yeah. This is the best part I love about uh, Bruce Willis in these movies. He seems like he obviously, you know, he's not going to die because he's the hero. But there's so many times he's almost going to die. Every movie, he's almost going to die. Yeah. Well, you, you know, talking about the old lady before. Do you, did you see the magazine she was reading? No. She was reading a magazine, and on the cover, uh, in, in the inside of the magazine, it had Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson and uh, Danny Glover. Oh. I had a picture of them. So, foreshadowing of that, I wish that we'll fast forward a little bit and then come back. Uh, I wish the fight scene at the end was a Sadler versus Willis, almost like a Busey versus Gibson. That, that would have been, that's one thing I would, would have yeah. loved, but that's pretty funny that she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we talked about it. He's all about, like you said, his spidey sense went off. He's sitting there, like, having a drink, waiting for his wife's flight to come in. And he sees a guy. All he did was, like, move the package back a little bit. That's all he did. And he, like, knew. And he wanted to follow the guy. And then he follows the guys into, like, where the luggage is. Well, you know, again, he's just a regular cop. I mean, he really is. No one's paying attention to these people at all. You know, you have... Airport security, and you have this one regular cop who's just noticing out of hundreds of people walking by, something strange going on. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. So uh, yeah, and then he, yeah, and he just follows them, just because he thinks something's up. 
Spidey sense. <laughs> yeah, and I love that when he's following the guys and then he starts shooting the one guy. And that guy's kind of like doing karate, the black, the black bad guy. He, he doesn't, they're like fighting each other. And then he, that guy kind of runs off. And then I love when he shouts, he goes, what is this, a tag team? Because then the other guy starts, oh, dude, he's about to, he sprays the guy in the face with an aerosol can. And then the other guy shoots it out of his hand. Yep. How? Is that what what is that what the behind the scenes looked like in an airport though, where the the, the belt the the luggage racks? I don't know. That, that looked like a crazy contraption. I know. You know, like I mean, I, I mean, like first of all, I mean, I've never seen behind you know the scenes of the airport, but that looked like it's a crazy area that he had. Um, somehow, luggages were just opening up. Yeah. On its own. It was easy. Um, yeah, that was a crazy scene. Um, that was awesome. I, I love when they were fighting on top of the thing. Again, you think he's going to... Obviously, he's not going to die. But they make you think, like, man, this guy's just normal. It's not like a lot of people, like... Some guys, like, Seagal, I don't think he ever gets punched. No. Any any movie. Yeah. Schwarzenegger? I can't even remember. I think in Commando, he just beats everyone up. No, he gets he gets stabbed. Oh, he does? He okay. does. But, you know, um, <clears throat> when when they're, they're fighting... Now, you're talking about a cop. Most cops are lucky never to be in a shootout. Yeah. This guy, you know, besides what happened in the first Die Hard, now he's getting machine guns in the, a year later. He's still going at him. He's a regular cop. Like, can you imagine? Like, I mean, uh, and he, it's almost like he lives for it. Like, he needs he needs that, like, crazy action. I just think now that he did it once, it's like, I can do this. And then it just obviously happens, you know, three more times after this. <laughs> well, you know, so, okay. So, they had this shootout at the, the, the Cavera Belt with all the luggages. No one's working behind there? Oh, there I know. Wasn't, there wasn't one employee that was working... In that area. Yeah, those bags have to get stuck. There has to be someone. Yeah, there has to be someone monitoring or something. There was nobody there. Yeah, and the one guy, when he fights him, it, he gets electrocuted. Why is there, why, how could he get electrocuted right there? Bags go through there. Yeah. That guy's not that much bigger than a bag. Yeah. You know, put a bag sideways. But yeah, so that's the first guy he killed. And then I love when he's chasing the guy down. Why does he not ride the bike? He takes a bike and he tackles the one guy into like a bunch of the, the bags. But he's not riding it. He's just putting a foot on one side. Is that really helping you go any faster? Well, you know, Bruce Willis in this scene basically commits murder. Like, I know. On everybody. And doesn't he roll? Wasn't there something when he, he crushed someone with a roller or a rolling? Because I wrote down he um, commits murder with a rolling machine. There was a rolling machine or something. Oh, no, the, the, the conveyor belt. Yeah, the, so, but it like, it was, I wrote down electrocuted because the guy looked like he got electrocuted and crushed at the same crushed. time. That's why I'm like, a bag is bigger than him. But he commits murder. He's a cop. I know. I mean, there was like, there's like, don't like trying to like take them in. He was basically trying to kill them. I guess he, was, he killed all the people in the last one. He's like, you know, a year, year ago, I killed, you know, 20 bad guys. So this is like nothing. So he's like a Dexter. <laughs> he's Dexter. Okay, he's Dexter. So then one of the characters in this movie is probably one of the best character actors of the 80s, Thornburg. Dude, that guy was such a great dick in Ghostbusters. And he was a great dick in the first one. And he's a dick again. You, you know, what... The, the to me though like you know the restraining order issue with, the, with oh my god but like would you admit that like you know like and, and he he keeps telling about I have a restraining order she punched me like he's like I would not want to say a word about anything that happened like he he first of all he seems so afraid of her yeah she punched him once I mean let's not like it wasn't like she's like she punched him at a, like he's really afraid of her like, yeah really he's a wuss and the best part is is it it helped her out because she got free champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Just for decking this guy. And why? I know he's based out of LA. Are they really frequent in the same spots? Like, what? what? Same he's that scared? Yeah. 
Yeah. Can you imagine him going to the judge and ask for the restainer? Or there's maybe a backstory we don't know about. Maybe she was stalking him. Maybe they were ex-lovers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that well, would be pretty you know awesome. What? She wasn't with Bruce Willis for a while. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be the greatest backstory. <laughs> him, of all people. So, so then we get introduced to Lorenzo. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about. I, I was calling him Stipowitz in my notes. It's yeah, Stipowitz yeah. from, from um, NYPD. Yeah. Okay. What a douche. Oh, I know. This guy. Now he's a. Is he a captain? Yeah. Okay, so we're, I'm gonna go back to like the police academy days. How does someone like him become a captain? He seems like he has no clue what's going on in anything. He's he just doesn't seem like a good cop at all. I know. Like he really like. I hated him. I really, <laughs> I know. You know, I, I, you know, I know they're only characters, but I really hated him as a person, as a character. I just think he was horrible. He was just, he was the worst. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? He's always, always, always played a cop because he was. Yep. When I looked on, when I interviewed Lance Kinsey from Bleeds Academy, I looked on his IMDb. He was in a cop show in the early '80s, and he was on it. So this guy forever a cop, and he's great at it. No, he. he when I say I hate him, I mean, like, I just hate his character the way he was, but he plays a great cop. He just yeah. plays, but he looks like that cop. He looks like that old school cop, you know, the cheesy mustache and, you know. And how many people die in the airport? Because he was fine with it, too. Everyone there yeah. was okay with yeah. it. And even the people that see a dead body, I just want some real, like, realness when it comes to movies. Like, when there's a dead body, show some panic or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, it's just... You know, I wrote down this, and I, I'm, I'm assuming this might have been from Stipowitz, um, but I have a, a a line, and I don't know if it was Sammy. He said, "Let in your ass or shit in your brains." <laughs> was that was that him? Do you remember? I don't know, but that sounds. There's a lot of great lines in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so, pal, they have to give him a little cameo from uh, from the first one, the dad from uh, Family Matters. So they work together now. Which is kind of funny. So he's a desk cop, finally, after he yep. shot some guy. And then, yeah, so he calls them. So they got him in the movie a little bit. I guess they couldn't get him in because they weren't going to do it in L.A. But it was still a pretty cool well, callback. You know, yeah, but he's you know he's that little side guy. You know, he, he he's the only one, really, that is on Bruce Willis' side. You know, yeah. we, we talk about this a lot in movies where someone could do an amazing feat of saving, you know, everybody like Bruce Willis does in the first movie. And then they shit on him in a second, a year later. Like they forget. And in fact, they're almost annoyed. Like, oh, you're the guy that's saying the Takam. What's it? The Takam Tommy building, or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Nakatomi. Yeah, Taka- <laughs> And like you know, like they, they're almost like annoyed. Like he's like a show off. Yeah. Like, like really, really, this guy was on like just on vacation, like, what on vacation or looking for his wife, and he was stuck in that situation. And you're gonna be angry at him for like you know. So that's the same thing. So I think Winslow is um, you know the only one that really believes in him. He's, no. he's misunderstood. I know, I know. And you know what? The, the, I'm telling you, this script was written by, I forget the guy's name, so if he's listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Stephen D'Souza, who wrote the first one, came in afterwards and, and like helped punch it up and like add things. And he's great at one-liners. Think of the first one, how many like one-liners that are amazing in this movie. What Pal says to him, you call him Winslow, I call him Pal. What he <laughs> says to him over the phone, you're not pissing somebody's pool, are you? I wrote that down. So such- he goes, pissing in someone's pool because fr- I'm fresh out of chlorine. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And then I have that right underneath. Yep. <laughs> no, but now, yeah, so uh, that part's great too. When he gets the, when he goes up and he's like, oh, yeah, I got to get the prince. Hey, we usually do it at the morgue. They let him, a guy they don't know, even though he shows a badge, 
open, unzip a dead body in a yep. body bag, take his fingers out, and do his prints. He 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 definitely has just he does whatever he wants in this movie, and really no one's the only one that tries to stop him is Stipowitz. I know. And then after he with the, the the paperwork, don't forget what Bruce Willis said. Just the facts, ma'am. Yeah, like Joe Friday, because he's yep. like an old school guy. Yep. But yeah, they had to write in that line that the girl wanted to bone him because she was like, I get off at five. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, just the facts, man. Just the facts. <laughs> so, oh, dude. And then there's two young actors in this movie. Robert Patrick. Did you notice the other one? They only show him, I was hoping later in the movie, the first time they show him, he calls Sadler and he's like shutting off the power. John Leguizamo. That was him? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's yeah. only in it. You only see his face for a second when he chops the power off and he says it's done. And then another time in the church, you see him for like two seconds. But yeah. Well, neither one of them work, uh, last too long in a movie. I know. Right? But you know what? You mentioned the church. That's pretty, I mean, like murdering at, in a church. <laughs> like That was pretty like hardcore. I mean, like when I was watching, I totally forgot about that. But well, he's a priest, right? Like they, was he a priest in there or was... Oh, no. It was just some old guy that like watched okay, the okay. church. So, but regardless, you're in a church and they're committing murder in a church. Just shows you how hardcore these guys are. But what a great line he had. I forgot what he said. He said, oh, they're just letting the church die off. Oh, man, I forgot what he said. And then he's like, yeah, you too. <laughs> he shoots the guy in the chest. He like falls into the pews and he's just sitting there watching TV. But, uh, dude, this, this is an evil... You got to think movie-wise. Obviously, in the last one, they were taken over to get money from Nakatomi, and they wanted to get their brothers out. And this one, they want to get Esperanza uh, free. They don't even want money. They just wanted this guy. So yeah. they didn't talk about why they wanted him really too much. But, dude, the plan that they have is... Dude, that's a lot of dead bodies. There, there's a lot of... Well, they were planning on... I mean, it's a lot of... like. Murder. I mean, like yeah. they, 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 were, they were ready to take down how many airplanes when they, they cut all the power off. He was ready to crash a bunch of airplanes. They already crashed one later on, right? They crashed one airplane. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they were ready to crash other ones. So, that was, that was, I mean, like, yeah, these guys are pure evil. I mean, really are. And they were military guys, which is scary, you know? Uh, you know, the, the first note I have on my next page is Stipwitz is a dick. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, this, we're probably getting more into him, but yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so McLean, he's he's trying to help. This is when he sneaks into the tower and he's trying to tell those guys. And then they throw him out again, try to get him arrested. Stipowitz's like, get yep. out of here. We don't need your help. It's like, dude, wouldn't you? Everybody knows this guy's past and what he can do to help. And why wouldn't you want help? He he clearly does not listen to him one bit. And he's just constantly, anything he says, he just doesn't listen. Meanwhile, he's the only one that, that found those guys going into the, the back room. You know, um, it's, yeah. And then this is where the power shuts off. Yeah. Right? And then Stipowitz goes, maybe we should call the power company. <laughs> yeah. This is an airport. I mean, first of all, how easy was it to shut the power off? I know. I mean, really. There's a lot of things that were, seemed a little bit too easy. Like the church was that close to the airport. Imagine going to like Sunday service at that church. All yeah. you hear is the whole place is vibrating the whole time. <laughs> but you know what? This is like the this is like the quintessential line of like what we do and like us talking about sequels. So McLean says how does the same shit happen to the same guy twice? <laughs> it's true. It like, is. but that's what's great about sequels. Like the first one, you go, "Oh my god, that movie's perfect." How are we gonna do it again? You have to change it up. And this one, like when I talked to Sadler on the phone and I interviewed him, it's true. You have to heighten it, dude. This one, they kicked it up. So many lives are at risk. But do you think he was thinking that when he made the other four after this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, the third one's good. The third one's great. I mean, uh, and they definitely put a little twist on it. But I mean, but the same thing does happen to the same guy yeah. five other times. So, <laughs> Well, the other one, the last the one, son. he's just on vacation. Yeah, but true. 
And he says it multiple times in a movie. <laughs> so, yeah, so, and then this is where I guess Sadler calls in so they know, you know, what they're looking for, right? Because he talks to the, the, the tower. Yeah. Okay. And then Stipowitz goes, he's bluffing. <laughs> I know. The guy just shut down the entire airport. He's bluffing. I think that is a sign that he's not bluffing, that he's able to shut down the whole airport. And, and he's controlling the airplanes that are up in the sky. Yeah, and how is he a captain if he's just going to like tell this guy, yeah, screw that guy. We'll just test him. <laughs> he really, he's worse than Lassard. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's why Stipowitz should never be a commandant. Should we never figure out what a commandant really is? But no, so so one of the one of my favorite lines, these are again, the, the one liners are so great. He says, I just want a normal Christmas, and this is when he's about to crawl into the vent again. And he says, I gotta crawl in a fucking tin can. Dude, so they had so many great callbacks, but some other like heightened lines. Well, this is the second time he crawled on a vent uh in an event, right? He goes in a vent. Oh, in the, the first, first one, movie. yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen a vent. And this guy's is no. able to crawl around like there's tunnels, like they're rat tunnels. That is true. No, <laughs> you never see people going to those things. No, you don't. He's done it twice. And I'm, I've, I mean, I've seen them. It looks like no one could fit in them. Yeah. Like so, the fact that he's able to crawl, he's not a small guy. I mean, uh, that's kind of a little far fetched. Yeah. So the guy that um, works for the airport, he's going to go. He thinks he had figured out a way that he could talk to the airplanes without Sadler knowing. So they go to this weird end part of the airport, which looks like it's over. And you see, like, the painting crew there. And, spoiler, it's all the bad guys, Robert Patrick. And they just light up all these cops. They're like, hey, what are you guys doing back here? You didn't get clearance. And then they just light them all up. Well, they don't forget, they came up on, a, what, an escalator or something? They, yeah. They would come up. So, like, they were kind of trapped. Like, yeah. So, like, but, but they were shooting everywhere. Nothing hit. Dude, those cops had machine guns. Nothing hit. And... Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they got lit up. Meanwhile, Bruce Willis comes around. He's able to shoot everybody, you know, with a pistol. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what's cool, too? Like, just again, I was, like, reading the whole script, but I was just scrolling through. And then this one, they took out a part that was in the beginning of the movie, showing the actual painting crew, like, getting ready to go in. And these guys come up and kill them and then take all the outfits. It's not like we knew Robert Patrick was a bad guy. Right, right, right. But dude, what a cool scene. McLean pops out of nowhere. Saves the guy that works for the airport's life. And then when he goes down there, he's beating the crap. Dude, again, you think he almost can die. Yeah. You know, he's under, he's shooting underneath. They did the table thing again because he's shooting up yep. underneath. But uh, no, when he's laying there and w- what's on him? Oh, the scaffold yeah. falls on yep. him. Well, he's also protecting the other guy that is just, he just works for the airport. Like, <laughs> and he, like this poor guy is in the middle of a gunfire, you know, like. Um, but he's the only one, again, that is probably on uh, Bruce Willis' side. Oh, yeah. No, there's rarely people yeah. like agree with this guy. Yeah. So, he's laying there, the scaffold's on him, and I thought that part was pretty cool because he was waiting for the pistol that was coming down because the guy helped him. The guy started the, the what are they even called? Like the walkways? Escalators? Yeah, the, the walking escalator. Yeah, walking, walking <laughs> escalator. So, he, the gun gets there in time. He blasts the guy. And those are like... I was writing down the kills for a while, and then I was just you like, can't, "Dude, he can't. killed it's so too many. many." Yeah, you yeah, can't. yeah. And and you know, we, we talked about the the vent, but like the guy wasn't that the janitor just told him about the vent. Oh. So this janitor somehow has blueprints for the entire airport for the whole venting system. So this ja- and he it looks like first of all, he looks like he lives in the basement. The janitor. You mean not Billy Bob? Not Billy. Bob. That's not Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> so he he lives in a basement of an airport. It seems that he's the only janitor for the airport, 
And he has the blueprints for all the entire airport. Uh, he like, lives down there. Yeah. I know, I know, but he's the airport's pretty big. I know. He's the only janitor for the airport? He came with the airport. They bought the airport and he was there. So that, that was yeah, that was part of the deed. You you could buy the airport, but he comes with it. Yeah. So they're right there, they're standing there, and uh they blow up the antenna. So like the backup plan, then there's another backup plan. But this is the first backup plan to talk to the planes. They blow it up. Sadler, I mean uh Bruce Willis takes one of the dead guys, bet dead bad guys microphones or walkie talkies. And when he's talking to Sadler, that's pretty cool. Oh, McLean. Wouldn't he say like, hey, asshole, I just saw yeah. you in the airport like 20 yeah. minutes ago. The timeline of this movie, because I'm not saying it's been 30 minutes since he <laughs> heard his wife's plane was going to land. But yeah, it's kind of been over 30 minutes because he's killed guys. He's sent a fax. Faxes back then couldn't take 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, you'd be surprised. You remember how the startup of AOL used to be? I know. That's so, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It probably takes so much longer. So 30 minutes for him to get the... From there to where yeah. he is now, it's nah, I don't know about that. No, he definitely does a lot of moving around. He kind of moves around like Jason in uh, Friday the Thirteenth. He does. Maybe, he teleports. Maybe, maybe he could teleport. You know, and, and you know, the, with the tower, I, I forgot to mention this. So they, you know, they they said, you know, we got to keep it quiet. We don't want to panic anybody. So what do they do? They have every single flight delayed. Yeah. On the screen, so that's not going to cause concern. Oh, that is true. Why would they even show it? Why yeah. would they just like pretend or push the times back? Or, yeah. Right. Every, and, and, and like one at a time. It wasn't like, it was like one delayed, delayed, delayed. And like, like that's, that's not going to cause panic. People are not going to be concerned with that. Yeah. Like, I know the weather was, oh, it was a little bad, but wouldn't you have left the airport? Yeah. Be like, something's weird. We yeah. got to get out of here. We're yeah. not, we're not flying out today. So this is when uh, Sadler like tests his strength. He's like, I told you guys not to try anything or cause any panic. So he brings down the, and he does like a pretty funny voice too. He like changes his voice a little bit. He's like, yeah, Flight Britain 279er. Yeah, you can come on in. And you know who that, that pilot was? No. That was a guy from Con Air, the Scottish guy. Really? Yeah. The one that, the, the, we're talking about the plane that goes down. Yeah. That was the Scottish guy from, uh, that drove the, the car that didn't get along with um, John Cusack. Oh, no way. That was, the, that was the guy. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so the so that comes down. They think they're landing, but they changed the way like the altitude was, so everything was really a hundred feet lower than they thought it was. But so, yeah, so they crashed it. And Bruce Willis, which is insane, he goes, "I'm gonna try to help." He runs out there. He like takes a jacket, right? Yeah. Takes a dra- jacket. Does he dip it in gasoline before well, that? So he was in an office building, and somehow there was a, a gasoline container in the office building. Yeah. So yes, he takes the gasoline, he pours it on a jacket, and he starts waving it. Underneath the plane, as it's going down, and the plane literally flies a couple feet over his head. It looks cool, yeah. yeah. But why was there a gasoline thing inside the building? <laughs> Maybe not Billy Bob huffs it. That is he true. keeps in like stations around. The, Maybe that's how he's like always on 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 the job. He works twenty four hours a day. Every time he gets the wind of you know what, I should really take a nap. He takes a Maybe huff. Gasoline makes sense. So I love when I was interviewing uh, William Sadler and I talked to him about that scene and he's, I was like, man, this movie, you really heightened it. You know, you took down a whole plane. He's like, I know, I'm sorry. And like such a faint, like, I was like, God, oh, dude, this guy's awesome. So, oh yeah, did, this is what I was going to ask. The planes barely had fuel, right? That was the whole thing about right. what was going They're on. They're running out of fuel. Why did it explode that much? Well, it was leaking. Wasn't it leaking? No, that was, that was the No, that's the, the end, yeah. Okay. No, but I mean, like, this yeah. plane probably didn't have a lot of fuel. It exploded. Well, it was early It was early on. So, oh, like, okay. don't forget, the other planes were circling after that. So, yeah, they were circling okay. for a while. 
Um, but still, like it's, it seems like Bruce Willis is the only one trying to do anything. Oh, like, I know. They, they all stood in the same room in the tower where there was no power. So they're just standing there. No one's moving. No one's trying. They're just and Bruce Willis is running around the entire airport trying to stop this. Like no one's as a care. No yes, yeah. I have an idea for a good movie. Why don't you have a movie like this, like with a guy like Bruce Willis? I don't know if he. I guess he could still do it. And then take like not Seagal because he's a dick, but another like good guy. And then they're both in the same airport, and they're like, "Hey, you're trying to do this? Let's work together, man!" Like, like it's it is it's always one guy to so do like a Mel Gibson like from like Murdoch with a Bruce Willis, <laughs> yes. and like see what happens. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when they're in the church, they show inside the church and everything. I know that's the way it looked in 1990, but the equipment looked like old video games. The beep. Yep. Beep, and then you have like, and the way the airplane moved on the screen, it just looked like a Nintendo game. It did. I don't know about Nintendo, maybe like Pong or something. Oh, okay. Atari. So I talked about this before, but I want to ask you what you think. Why do you, what do you think Colonel Stewart Sadler would gain out of getting General Esperanza? You know what? I honestly, I was thinking the same thing. Like, they don't really explain it. They really don't. Um, and I didn't, I, I didn't understand. I didn't know if, I, I, I didn't know. I really didn't understand why he was doing it. Did you? No, I, I don't know if it was... I was going to say like something about drugs, but it seemed like he was like a war criminal. So I don't know why he would want to help him out. And they, they were working together once he landed. Like they were like, you know, working together. So like, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if he knew him before. Maybe, maybe it's his brother. <laughs> I don't know, but they were like broing out yeah, and they, they saw each other. So like they really didn't explain it. And uh, I think that was poor explaining. Yeah, that yeah, I don't understand that. But how about the so the general is locked up. He convinces one of the guards uh, to light up his cigar. He kills that guy. He has a gun. Why the hell is he shooting a gun? In that he could have got a knife or something, or at least put the put the gun to the guy's head yeah. or something. Yep. He misses and it goes through the window. So he's landing a plane with a window. I don't know. That's no, possible. So the, I was saying that you know the pre- air pressure. I don't know if that would work. I mean, like. Don't they say like it's almost impossible to open a door when you're you're flying? So a hole in there, I think the pressure would be too much. Like it would start sucking everything out, right? Yeah, because every other movie is if the door opens, somebody flies out. So in this movie? Yeah, but maybe those movies are wrong. Maybe uh, Joel Silver (laughs) knows airplanes. He did own an airplane for this movie, which is pretty cool. Because wherever they were filming, it seemed like there was not a lot of snow. So they would chase snow. They would go to different airports and different runways just to get snow. So they filmed a lot of it in Denver, but well, yeah, the, the guy only, owned the only an thing coming through that hole was snowflakes. I know. <laughs> so so cheesy. And now all this time, you know, there's obviously a lot call them terrorists, I guess, but Bruce Willis is still just running around with a pistol. I know. That's it. Just a small gun. Knowing that these guys have machine guns. How come he never, you know, goes a little more? He, this is this is what makes no sense. Why, especially in the airport, I know that like Lorenzo doesn't want to help him out and the other cops don't want to help out, but do they have any more arsenal? Because later in the movie, it seems like they're pretty helpless. Well, didn't they all die when they went up the escalator and uh, that, was the, that, was, that was their SWAT team? I know. So. That was like the, yeah, I know. That was, yeah, why didn't he take any of their yeah, guns? Yeah, yeah. He likes the pistol. And why does he always yell? Bruce Willis is always yelling when he's like either being chased if he's being shot at, he's always yelling. Maybe he has a hearing problem. And that's yes. how that's how that's how he can figure you know, I didn't it out. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so so I wrote down here. So I wrote McLean is doing everything to get onto this runway. 
Oh, this is when he's going after Esperanza. This is pretty cool. So, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, doesn't he have to, like, sneak? Oh, yeah, dude, he has to, like, sneak out because, again, I think they kicked him out. So he's back down there talking to not Billy Bob. He goes back to the janitor. Yeah, so not Billy Bob helps him get onto the runway. He opens it up. The friggin' airplane that Esperanza's flying is landing. He, instead of... That's what I understand. Why wouldn't he have just waited for it to go over until... No, he had to go before the plane, and it almost ran him over. Now, is now this is where he goes in the plane, right? Or is it... Going, oh, dude, this is awesome. So, okay, so, you know, the, when they, they show grenades, when someone pulls a pin, and they throw it pretty much on impact. I know. Usually. He had time. <laughs> he had a lot of time when his grenade landed. And there were stages of them getting thrown. But I love when uh, the Death Bronzer guy doesn't even say the word freedom. He says, like, some kind of line when he opens up the door. And then he's like, not so fast, asshole. And he, like, punches him in the face. And then they start shooting at him. Yeah, and then you're right. So they said, how many? He's like, McLean, I'm guessing that's you in there. And then Sadler instructs all of his guys. He goes, how many grenades you got? And they say, Three. So they basically have nine grenades and they throw them. They throw them in there. He has time to, to notice it, get up, sit in a chair, strap himself in, and shoot himself out with an injector seat. That's a lot of time. I know. <laughs> and then uh, that is a cool... I love the way that looks. When he's flying in yeah. the air, <laughs> that looks so and awesome. And he's screaming again. Yes, he is. <laughs> and all this time now, we're like almost near the end of the movie... And and Stipowitz is still being a dick. I know. I wrote that down again. I might, I wrote down him being a dick about four times. Yeah, but when it de- when his tune does change, which would be in a little bit. <laughs> but so McLean, when he finally lands the parachute, and this is about the same time that Look Who's Talking came out, the voice he used for a guy that screams the whole time, he sounded like a little kid when he was like, where's the door? <laughs> just to get out of that. It just reminded me of that movie. So, so now back to the airplane, you got uh, Dick Thor... Thornburg, which his name is Richard Thornburg. So yeah, he's a dick. Yes. So he is on a cordless phone. I, I wrote that down. Were they around in 1990? I, I don't think so. Okay, I wrote the same thing. He's, he's on a cordless phone. And yeah, I know. I Maybe in residential homes it could be around, but on an airplane? Yeah, I know. that. I don't think so. And he's on the phone with the newsroom, so he's kind of, he's in the crapper. He locks himself in. And then he just, dude, he causes so much panic. Just when he goes on the air, people are going ape shit, right? Why the hell would you? If I knew, if I'm in an airport with my family, there's bags everywhere. We're ha- we have a bunch of luggage, and I hear what he's saying on the news. I'm getting the hell out of there. People are holding their baggage. He's such a dude, but that's what he does in the first movie too. No, oh, I know he's, he's such a douche. You know, um, yeah, he's. Uh, what was he trying to gain from that? Just to get the, the story? I mean, like, I, I don't know. Like, what was his end, end plan? You know? I think it's that. He wants to be the next Tom Brokaw or something. So John Amos is in this movie, and he oh. plays a pretty cool role. And again, great lines. He says, McLean, we don't need a loose cannon. We're not here to jerk this motherfucker <laughs> off. Which, what is that? What? What What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he you know, he, he came in with, uh, uh, like, tough as nails. And oh, he he's ready great. To go. Yeah. No, he was good. And then... So the airport employee and he goes to McLean. He goes, I think I know where they're hiding out. So they finally found the church. So he's sneaking around. He's peeping around. And then his wife calls him from the airplane. And his beeper goes off. And they almost get him killed. But, dude, what a cool fight scene. So so they have cordless phones on a, on a plane, but he's got a beeper. 
<laughs> but yeah, is this the is this the fight scene when he's just rolling around with the guy like multiple times? Oh, with the knife, yeah, yeah. They're, they're rolling around the outside, um, yeah. But these are the kind of fight scenes I like because they kind of trick you because this guy's a knife. And he has the knife on his chest, so you're thinking it's going to be the old turn the knife, put it in the bad guy's chest. No, he rips an ice cloth and jabs it in his eye. What kind of strength do you think Bruce Willis has? I mean, he, this guy's holding a knife ready to stab him. And he's able to scope the area. So, like, you know, not even, like, stare at where the knife's coming. He's looking around what he can use as a weapon as the guy's about to thrust a knife in his chest. And he somehow is able to notice that there's a pointy icicle that he can use as a weapon. Even though... He's used a lot of strength already. He's been running around, getting shot, shot at, almost getting run over by an airplane twice. Yes. One almost landed on him. Yeah, you're right. And he still has the strength to turn a knife on a guy. That was pretty big. Very. Yeah. Bruce Willis isn't a big dude. No, he's not. Yeah. And he's got to be exhausted at this point. And you also, don't forget, was shot out of an air, uh, airplane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so. Just think of that. Yeah. Oh, dude, you got to be tired. And sore. Did you ever go parachuting? I never did. Did you? Nope. Gotta get an expert on. To, there's got to be some kind of like feeling that you get when you land. He's got to be like want to take a nap. I'm sure uh, the other guy, not Billy Bob, has a cot he could have slept in for a little bit. He's got some gasolina drink. The you know you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, medicine. that's what he did. They <laughs> cut. They cut that scene. He was like, "Just have fun, this man." <laughs> that guy had such a weird voice. I have an impression later, but it's not time yet. So so the firefight at the church. Sadly, this is like one of the. I've seen this movie before, so I knew it was going to happen. But so when he tells the guys, "You know what to do," and then he ch- they change the magazines from uh, red to blue, and at first I'm like, "I forgot, I forgot why they did that." I know, but it was so weird. I'm like, I should like remember yep. like, exactly what happens. Yep. And then they just start shooting each other, and you just see one guy shoots the other one. Everything's shooting. Yep. Right. Everything looks like it's shooting, but. Nothing's happening. Nobody's. I, I thought that was a very cool scene, though, because I did forget why. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. The reason why they did that. So do bad guys in most movies use yeah. this because they never hit the good guy? Well, I, well, I think they use it on the A Team. If you ever watch <laughs> yeah. the A Team on yeah. TV, um, no one ever dies, so they probably use the wrong ones. They they meant to use the red ones, but they always use the blue ones. They always shoot at the ground, and then just like the smoke <laughs> comes up, or they miss. Yeah. So the snowmobile scene's pretty cool. I do like that. There's a lot of cool action scenes. Oh, in definitely. Film. Really cool stunt work. But yeah, McLean shoots a guy off this friggin' snowmobile. So, and then the guys are on the snowmobiles. They're going away. Bruce Willis is like, you know what? I'm going to have to chase these guys. Which, does he Does he have to? I guess he does. But oh, no one else is doing anything. <laughs> Still, no one's doing anything at all. I know. So he shoots the one guy. He falls off. And then he hops on the snowmobile. He shoots another guy. And then it's like Sadler, Esperanza... And I think there's two other guys, but then he, but then they change the magazines back. Yep. And you're like, what the hell is going on right now? So then McLean grabs one of those guns and he's shooting. Nothing's happening. How fast do you think they're going? Seem pretty fast. So don't you think? I mean, you almost need two hands to control. I mean, you're on ice. Look like they're on top. Oh ice. yeah. He's able to shoot, grab, move, change. Yeah, you know, like it's. No, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. No, but he knew. Like, Bruce yeah, Willis kind of knew. He when started... he had that gun, and he was fire, firing it, and nothing happened. And right. then, then he, he crashed the snowmobile, right? And yeah. it blew up. Yep. So another thing. He's got to be sore. He's got to be hurting. So, How about cold? Oh, it has got to be cold. It's got to be cold. So this is like when the, like the whole swerve of the twist happened. So Major Grant, John Amos, he's sitting in the back with all of his guys. This is the part that confused me. 
Why was there one guy that was the outlier? Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't. Maybe he was just like the. the he wasn't that good, and uh, you know, he he wasn't allowed to be in on the in the, in the secret. You know. Yeah, but he was like. Oh, I wish I was with you guys in Grenada. It's like, why are you talking about this right now? And he's like, yeah, I wish you were there too. And then he slit his throat. Oh, gra- that was pretty graphic. Though. Oh, I know. That, that was, was good. Graphic. And then he gets in the walkie. Yep. And he goes, Eagle Nest, it's Hatchling. What a, come on. What a pussy name. Is that like the yeah. initiation to the bad guy club? You have to call yourself Hatchling? And then, what, the, 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 who has a taser? Oh, the, so we're back in the plane though. Oh, the yeah. Do you pass out like that from a taser? Uh, I've only been tased when it was done and then you turn it off and you, you were tased. Yeah. Uh, my buddy's brother had one. He would like turn it on, let it run for a second, turn it off and then touch you with it. But no, I never passed out, but I guess it would pass you, make you pass out. I'm not a tasing expert. I'm not either. I'm, I haven't been, been half tased. (laughs) (laughs) Semi. So, so this is where my... Yeah, so Thornburg gets tased. Yeah. She goes, uh, McLean's wife is like, I got to stop this guy. He's causing a panic at the airport. She opens the door, tases him. He's out. Passes out. Live on hair. <laughs> You'll get famous for that. Now, will she get arrested for that? Because, oh, God, I hope so. Well, because, I mean, it's also a restraining order. So that's got to be like, <laughs> don't forget about that. That is true. <laughs> Maybe in the third one, like in the Die Hard 2.5, she's in prison. And he has to break her out. So... This part's really cool, and this is where a lot of questions get brought up. So he goes to see Lorenzo, and he's yelling at Lorenzo, and Lorenzo's like, what do you want, McLean? What are you doing? Why? We he's don't need you. yelling. I know. So then he goes, it's all a show. And he goes, well, what do you mean? And then he shoots the gun at him. Yeah. And here's the thing that's mind-blowing. I even rewind. I watch again. All the cops that are behind in the office, they jump back. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell? What kind of cops are these? The training, yeah, the training. What? Well, well, considering no one's done anything, no one's moved. I mean, the training they had was, uh, oh, it's Stipwitz. He's the one that trained them. So that is you, true. You expect him to do anything? The cops from police academy would have done more, easily. A hundred percent. Hackleberry would have shot him right in the head. That's what I mean. So he fired a blank. He fired a gun at, but nobody shoots at him. Yeah, they just like. No one, like, yeah, no one, no, there was no, like, what if you had a real gun? What if you really were shooting? What was, what was their game plan? What if one guy in the back is like, I hate it, Lorenzo, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. But then after that, he turned so badass. For Dude, Lorenzo? Oh my God, time to kick ass. Well, the big uh, spoiler alert, his brother was the, <laughs> <laughs> the douchebag from the beginning, which we saw twice. Yep. We were talking about when he go, hey, Hey, officers, I saw this guy with a suspicious... That guy's in tons of movies. He uh, always plays like a quick little scene, but he's yeah. in tons of movies. And then not Billy Bob, this is my impression, when he's like, yeah, just like Iwo Jima. Yeah. That was that might have been one of your best ones yet. <laughs> when he said that, I'm like, is this guy in the military? I wouldn't trust this guy with a friggin' pocket knife. <laughs> the guy has the blueprints for everywhere. He, I'm, You know what? He was probably... A badass at his time. Dude, what a twist. That would have been. If he was a bad guy. That would have been awesome. <laughs> it would been like the movie with De Niro and Edward Norton when Edward Norton's pretending to be special and he's really not. You ever saw that movie? Oh, Primal, no, Primal Fear? Uh, no, no. That's Richard Gere when he's pretending oh. to be redneck. He's pretending to be nice, but he's really a bad guy. He does it a lot in his career. <laughs> you know, he really does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we need a guy that's going to pretend to be one thing and then at the end twist to the other thing. Oh, yeah. I think we know a guy that can do that. Well, how about when Bruce Willis bit the guy's hand and spit, oh, yeah. spit it? 
is that possible? Like, the skin is so tough. Ugh. Like, could you imagine biting a piece of skin. Like, that's got to be really hard. You really got to dig in there. Right? Yeah, I would think you, you have... Have you ever been that, anyone? I've never been anybody, but you have to have a different mindset to do something like that. But I guess he's well, he's he, done it before. He definitely has a different mindset. So... So this is great. So he sees, he goes, I have to, he knows that they're in the runway. So Sadler has that private plane that they asked for. That's what they wanted in order to not take down any more planes. So it was like a fully fueled plane and a hangar that was right way out in the outskirts of the airport. So he wants to get out there. So he sees the lady again, great lines. He sees the news reporter lady and he goes, Hey, get over here. And, and then he like, they didn't show what, she was, he was saying to it her. It was a whisper. It was like, yeah, it was like a whisper. And yeah. then she goes, you get me this story and I'll have your baby. He goes, not the kind of ride I'm looking for. <laughs> but dude, how about, how great is that scene? Yeah. Dude, that, talk about stunt work. So he's in the airplane and she, he's like, I'm scared, <laughs> right? And then she's like, it's okay. Something. And he's like, oh, I hate to lose. And it's like, what the hell? This guy, again, normal cop. He's never done this before. And he's like, you know, it just dropped me on that wing right there. He's never done anything before. So he some, somehow is able to figure everything out. And again, nobody else is helping him. I know. Nobody's <laughs> there. So it's the, so this is Major Grant versus... So they see McLean on the wing. Esperanza sees him like it's almost like Twilight Zone. There's something on the wing. Eh, okay. So uh, so it's Grant versus McLean. So it's kind of like the under undercard fight. By the way, that was a gremlin. They call it a gremlin on a wing. Oh, they do? Yeah. Okay. So he goes, oh, really? So the line is, there's something on the way. It's a gremlin? I think it's a gremlin. Oh. Twilight Zone. Yeah. So so Grant versus Sadler, it's okay, but it's definitely an undercard fight. So when he, they're they're punching each other and he gets sucked through. It should have been a much, I don't know, just the end fighting scene should have been. I know. I mean, I think they died too quick. Like too easy. They died too hard. <laughs> they died they, too died, they died hard. They died hard. <laughs> no, I know. Especially, I know, at least Grant ate it. Yeah. You know, he went through the thing. Yeah. I don't know how they could have. So when Sadler hops on there, he goes, time for the main event. And I'm like, dude, this can be awesome. Yeah. Like, I've seen this movie a ton of times. Yeah. But I forgot that it wasn't that long of a fight. Yeah. And he actually, he beats Bruce Wallace up. Yeah. I know, obviously, Bruce has a, a plan for it. Is he ripped the, uh, the the gas out and he put the jacket into the yeah. engine. How the hell would he have known that that would make the plane not fly? Yeah. He well, was like, you know, let it, me just throw this jacket in it's here. Bruce. And why he the knows. hell? A jacket is blocking that, but Major Grant's entire body? <laughs> so you're telling me a, bo- uh, a body is easier to rip up than a jacket? How, how do you even think about that? Like, <laughs> after, you know, like... You're getting pounded on. You can, your mind can think like a plan like that. Like, yeah. Or if you had that guy, the not Billy Bob, be like, "Hey, you know what? You threw your jacket into the engine." You know what? Maybe he gave him that hint later on, early on. He maybe deleted scene that we didn't That's, see. There you go. So yeah, so he flies off. See, this is awesome. Two hours into the movie, and we get it. Yep. Yippee motherfucker! And yep. he lights the jet fuel, and the plane actually starts going up. Explodes and it fought the fire follows it up. Oh, it's awesome. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And just the way the plane inside the shots yeah. inside because yeah. the flames just went to the front. So that was pretty awesome. And then Holly's plane lands, and then she says, Why does this keep happening to us? <laughs> it's true, you know, it happens twice. You, you know, and I haven't seen the third one in a long time. So now he's saved an airport, he saved tons of planes, he saved a bunch of people in the building. 
Doesn't the third one start with he's like kind of a bum, like sleeping in a car or something like that? Like, oh no, he's a drunk. Because I think drunk, right. his she left him again. But like this poor guy, he's like such a like schlep. Like I mean, like he's like how does it go from up and down constantly? And I feel like in the third one, it opens up as he was like drunk on the job, and he was actually suspended. He, right, but I guess we could say That's spoiler. Yeah. But no, he uh, the whole movie is the the son of the guy from the yeah, first one. Yeah. But uh, you didn't say spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> but no, so like no, that one he's like a drunk or something like that. But but how, but how, I'm saying so. How do you rise from like these two movies and then just constantly fall down? Because there's no terrorists to fight. It was like four years true. no so fight. He, he, so he's only on top of his game when there's like a bunch of people with terrorists to fight. Yeah, he's probably drunk in the bar. Like a group of guys walked in. He's like, oh, you guys terrorists. No, we're not. Oh, oh, oh beer. shit. <laughs> so then not Billy Bob drives the McLeans off into the sunset. And then that's it. The thing that pissed me off that I can't believe, Sadler was billed sixth in this movie. I know this is like his second big movie, third big thing. But what? Why was who, he sixth? Who was ahead of him? Oh, William Atherton, the okay. dick, dick guy. The wife was billed second. Uh, uh, Winslow. John Amos was billed just before him, I think. Which I get it, but what else was, was John it, Amos was in? It by alphabetic order? First no, name? it wasn't. Okay. No, it wasn't. Because no. Willis was first. No, first name. Bruce. Bruce? No, it wasn't that because William. Okay. Then he would have been last. All right. But no, so that was kind of weird. But uh, yeah, so that was Die Hard 2. The Christmas movie that Jamie did not realize was a Christmas movie. Do they all take place during Christmas? No, not the next one. The okay. next one's in like the hot of summer because Samuel L's like okay. sweating the whole You're time. Right. Okay. But uh, <laughs> no, so Jamie, uh, what did you think of the movie? Ah, uh, definitely watchable. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, the first three diehards are awesome. Um, if you haven't seen it, which I can't believe no one's ever seen Die Hard two, but if you haven't seen it, absolutely watch it. Um, just if you want a good action movie, you want a br- typical Bruce Willis with tons of one liners and great action, you got to watch it. It was great. Is there anything you would have changed? Um, honestly, I think, you know, you showed all this tight, naked ch- Tai Chi in the beginning of the movie. I, I think, uh, you know, a better fight at the end. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, I think almost blowing up a plane with all the bad guys on it was kind of a cop-out. Um, I think just a better one-on-one, you know. It doesn't have to be naked fighting, I mean, but just like, you know, definitely using that Tai Chi a little bit. Yeah, you know what would be cool? Same kind of ending with the plane blowing up, but maybe him and Sadler, he throws, uh, he's going to throw Bruce off. They both go off. He lights the plane up and yep. then they're fighting yep. in like the, the fiery plane in the backdrop. Yep. Oh, dude. Yeah. That could have been the perfect like Gibson versus Busey, yep. like badass fight. But maybe, I mean, did this movie come around at the same time? Like when did, like, cause like maybe they don't want to follow suit and reveal these movies and like typical bad guy fight scene. Maybe they want to make yeah. it, it up. No, I guess. Yeah, you know, Lethal Weapon definitely came out before this. Right. But no, no, it had just been cool to see them them fight each other. Because Sadler in the other movie, when he was a bad guy, he was kind of, he was a politician. He wasn't really yeah. like... Well, you know, honestly, another thing I would change, I think, also is, you know, Sadler's such a great bad guy. I feel like there wasn't a lot of him. I know. And I think that also, you know, because there were, he had so many little cronies, I think if you had a little bit more Sadler involvement, it could have been better. Yeah, not even just cronies, other big bad guys. So it was like Esperanza, Sadler, John Amos, we right. find out obviously later in the movie with yeah. the twist. But uh, no, this movie's awesome. So that's Die Hard 2. Uh, tune in next week because uh, the next movie we're covering is a sequel to Anaconda. It's Anaconda Part 3. 
which stars David Hasselhoff and the lovely actress, former model that we interviewed, Crystal Allen. She has some really cool stories, one about David Hasselhoff. And she's been in a lot of stuff too. So don't forget to check that out. And don't forget to rate, review, share our podcast, and follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. Good night. Good night.